All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Meraki Unboxed podcast. I am your host for this episode, Tanner, and today I am joined by a Meraki expert in API, Corey Gwynn, and that is what we're going to go over today. We're going to go over some API points about Meraki and how it has evolved over the years and where it's going now. So, Corey... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hi there, and thanks for having me. Um, so uh, yeah, I've been with Meraki for several, several years now. I was part of the startup, um, one of three support engineers, I believe, when I started. The original startup? Yeah, the original startup. Fantastic. Um, so it's, yeah, been 12, 13 years since I've been here. Um, yeah, and it's like, you know, as I was um, kind of coming on board, it was really when cloud was like a new thing. It was like the new buzzword. Um, but nobody really understood what that meant. Um, but I did because I was like an on the field consultant managing servers and different racks and different, you know, small businesses and trying to help them manage their infrastructure when they had no idea what any of this stuff meant. You know, they were either like hedge fund managers, interior designers, architects. Um, but then the recession happened <laughs> and people couldn't afford to hold on to these, you know, expensive equipment, you know, all these capital expenditures, they couldn't hire IT staff. And I found myself as my last kind of roles with each one of these <laughs> customers is moving their services to the cloud. <laughs> I was like, what is this cloud? <laughs> you know, as I'm doing it, I'm, I'm still the cloud is a <laughs> is an amazing thing. Yeah, it was and it still is. And so, you know, fast forward a little bit. Um, a lot of those businesses didn't survive. But I found myself working in the cloud and I was like, this seems pretty interesting. And um, <laughs> here I am at Meraki, you know, over a decade later, still loving what I'm doing. Fantastic. And that's actually a fun fact I didn't know is you and I started at the same position, just at very, very different points in time. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great place to start, actually. I think that's when you really get to know our product and the people. <laughs> so. so, Corey, you were saying that the cloud is is one of the things that you we're interested in. And so would you say that the API is a pretty big, big part of the cloud infrastructure? It is, um, but it wasn't always that, or people didn't know that was the case. Um, when Meraki really, you know, our, our claim to fame really is simplicity and keeping it really straightforward, trying to hide a million different options and features from the everyday user, because sometimes um, these extra, you know, bells and whistles start to have diminishing returns and now you confuse the layman, right? And so API yeah. wasn't a, a big thing, um, but being able to do things at scale has always been a big thing. And what we ultimately realized is after we kind of got all the bread and butter of like standard, you know, distributed networks, mom and pop shops and all of that, um, enterprise and corporate, you know, I, I would say large corporate uh, businesses were really interested in our, say, distributed model and how we could, you know, control all of these different sites from a single pane of glass. And they love that. One of our until, mottos. <laughs> until they didn't, because they wanted to abstract it. They wanted to use their own services and their own platforms to kind of integrate with our cloud network. And that was kind of the uh, inflection point where we realized simplicity mm -hmm. isn't always a, a GUI or a wizard. It's really enabling a convenient solution to our customers 
right? Regardless of what that interface is, you know, graphical mm -hmm. or programmatic. And that was a huge paradigm shift. Simplicity does not always uh, go hand in hand with scale. And so now one of the points of today's episode is that we are looking at introducing Open API V3. So, Corey, can you give us just a little bit of history about the Meraki's API development leading up to Open API V3? Yeah. Yeah, and as I was saying, like it, you know, the uh, the API wasn't always obvious, and initially <laughs> it was it was kind of hidden by design. And with that, you ended up having a scenario where we had a lot of these hidden features that we would turn on for maybe a service provider or a really big customer, you know, to just do that one random thing that was more specific to their use case, but not really applicable to all of our general customers. Well, over time that started to build up. And next thing you know, we had about a hundred features that were kind of hidden or undocumented and sometimes redundant or inconsistent. And really we started to see, okay, there's, there's a real value here in having the API, but there hasn't been any sort of structure or framework put around it because it was never, a, you know, a center of focus. So fast forward to, you know, V1 of our API was really the introduction of us adopting the open API framework. And it was previously called Swagger. So you might see the documentation around that, mm -hmm. but, you know, essentially it was an industry standard that says, this is how you should define and describe your RESTful API service. It's as simple as that. And here are some general guidelines of what a description looks like and what the data is going to look like. And by just simply agreeing to all have a standard, it made life a lot easier to actually start building these things out at scale because you know that there's kind of a, you know, a recipe for creating these that you're not reinventing the wheel every time you want to introduce a new feature, you're simply just focusing on that business logic and then kind of bolting it on to your existing service. And so that's really, it was that transition from a kind of, you know, independent API service to a well-structured formatted service based off of the open API specification that we were able to really, you know, accomplish that. Yeah, there's always ways to keep improving. And I'm glad that we're continuing to look for ways to do that. Yeah. So why is why is adopting this open API v3? Why is that significant to us? Why is that significant for Meraki? Yeah, it's good. I mean, and a lot of people don't ask, but you know, why is open API v3 so special? I, I don't think the average person even asks this. <laughs> um, <laughs> even people in my circles always ask this. But really what it's done is it's it's kind of a commitment to our focus on API first. And really what that means is when Meraki develops a new service, a new feature, we don't just build the, the, the dashboard graphical interface and then think, oh, we need an API and then we need a mobile app and then we need a Python library. Instead, we build the API first and then all of those other components can then be built upon that source of truth. Now, what version three enabled us to do is get a little more, say, creative with how we can define our API. You know, the initial spec was quite limited. You only had like one option to define a particular service, but sometimes life gets complicated and you wanna have multiple options to do a thing. And with the adoption of version three, that's what they implemented. It's flexibility to define 
um, a more, you know, involved service with all of the options and expectations so that we can write more efficient code and our customers know what to expect when they use the service. So then it doesn't have to be this hidden thing with redundant features and, and things exactly. like that. That's exactly fantastic. It. So what are some of those core use cases that open API addresses in our API? Yeah. I mean, beyond just like defining the spec, what, what does that really mean? There's a lot of times you have to define the API and it's depending on who you're talking to. So throughout the entire development cycle, you know, we might first start with the actual design that we're going to send to engineering and say, this is what we want it to look like. And so now the spec enables us to kind of have a template of what that's going to look like. And then we say, okay, add these additional fields so that we can, you know, offer a new service to track, you know, VPN uptime or to add a firewall policy to our, you know, our security appliance. Um, by having the spec, it's enabled us to streamline that design flow. And then, um, really importantly, from just a, a management standpoint, being able to document these new features and capabilities used to be a very uh, manually intensive process where you would have to go into, you know, your own, you know, documentation site and then add the new features in. Well, over time, that can become outdated. It can become inaccurate, maybe. And so what we're able to do is use this specification file which is really just like a big JSON file or this big file that just says, this is how I work. And with that source of truth, we can render the documentation directly from it. So I can literally push a button and it will take everything that we've committed in our service and render it into a documentation of my choice, uh, which just simplifies the entire experience. And we all know that we're looking at good information, which is really key. So it definitely sounds like it's streamlined a lot of processes here. Can you think of some other ways that it's really kind of streamlined a lot of things? Yeah, we also had things like code generation um, where you might have a, a library that you need to work with, say, Python, or you might want to write a JavaScript application or even like C Sharp. Um, what would be really challenging is for Meraki to have to write uh software for each one of these languages or sdks and that in itself wouldn't be scalable or, or supportable but what we can do is write an official source of truth and then leverage um code generators which will actually take that and spit out an sdk in the same way that it does documentation um which is fantastic right and then like ultimately with that and then being able to um you know double check our code based on, you know, tooling that validates these specs really just gives us like, you know, the assurance that we know that we're doing the right thing and that our customers are going to have predictable results and less bugs in their code at real at runtime. Awesome. And so Corey, I, I just want to know, I just thought of this question. So how many times when you were working in support, did someone, did a customer come to you and ask, Hey, I want to do this thing. And your response had to be, we don't have that in the dashboard, but this API, you can definitely do it through that. Cause I remember having to give that answer a lot and it w always came down to scale. Yeah, there's uh, actually, there was a lot of challenges where we were trying to keep the dashboard and even the API in sync. And that's because they were built at different times, often by different teams. 
And so in terms of not only scale in terms of like how we grow the API and how customers consume it, um, this is going back to the API first. We now can dedicate our entire effort into designing the perfect API resource interface. <laughs> and then we can crank out the dock, which will also have the API at the release date. And so we're not playing this game anymore. You know, ultimately. Awesome. Good. So I think a lot of people will be very happy about that. Corey, how does open API v3 support those enhanced API definitions? And what does it mean for strongly typed languages? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's we're getting into the weeds a little bit, but it is important, um, especially <laughs> as we start talking about, you know, um, strongly typed languages. What does that mean? Uh, so TypeScript, uh, as an example, um, really cares about the type of data that we're working with. So instead of just saying variable equals, um, you know, foobar, <laughs> we don't know what foobar is. Is foobar a number? Is foobar a string? Um, is it a list of things that contain other properties? You don't know. And unfortunately, our customers didn't know as they were developing an application. And they didn't know until they ran the application and it crashed. <laughs> and so what strongly typed does is say, this is what this variable is named, but also what you can expect the data to look like. And with OpenAPI, we've been able to document all of these combinations of saying, this parameter might be a string, but it also might be a number because we also offer you the, the ability of supplying like a, a greater than or less than query or just a time span or just something else. But now we're giving you these options to interact with our service. Uh, and so that's what these advanced options are is basically giving our customers flexibility, uh, which ultimately might be the simplicity that they needed to fit it into their environment. Um, and so many, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and in addition, you know, it's, it's ultimately just having code completion. We just wanted to make sure that you have all the details that you need to write your application. Yeah. A lot of in, so a lot of improvements coming with that. Yeah. So what kind of improvements in tooling and validations can developers expect? It sounds like you covered that just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, with tooling that again was something that used to be homegrown. We had to write our own code to then verify that things were working. Um, but with OpenAPI, it really, uh, there's an ecosystem to support that entire framework, right? So you can just search for OpenAPI and code generators or validators, and you're gonna see tooling that will just verify that this is doing what it says it should be doing. And that in itself really helps us. So as we push out a new release, say once a month, we can run it through our validators and can we, we can make sure that our code is not going to break any existing code out there. So our ecosystem partners who have built an entire solution and product upon our API can rest you know, easy knowing that we're not gonna break it next month, right? And That's it's good. these toolings that you know just give us all some assurance is the takeaway. Yeah, we don't we don't want to be the company that has to mark on calendars when we're going to update things. Yeah, exactly. Not not calling anyone out there. <laughs> so, Corey, obviously there's going to be a lot of improvements with this. There's a lot coming in with OpenAPI. So, how can developers get started using this with the Meraki dashboard? Is there any any resources that you would recommend? Yeah, I mean Generally, the Meraki IO 
uh, website is going to be the the key location for all of the developer docs. Mm-hmm. Um, those developer docs that actually define the API um, are built upon the open API spec. So as I was saying earlier, when we push a button and um, it just renders out the definition, those docs are that example, right? So that's one way you can look at it. Um, we've also created our Postman collection where Postman is just a, a simple third-party tool that allows you to interact with REST APIs. Uh, but again, that tool is rendered from, or that collection that it makes is rendered from our open API. And so it provides a really great way of you know, interacting with our spec, testing things, especially as you're developing, you might want to verify, is it me or is it Meraki or is it the customer network? You know, that type of tool and those docs really help to fill those knowledge gaps to make sure that you're doing what you think you should be doing. Awesome. And for everyone that is curious, we are going to provide those links uh, with the uh, all of the links that Corey mentioned in the description, depending on which app you're on uh, the bio for the uh, for this episode. So. Yeah, Corey, there's go ahead. Oh, I, was gonna, go ahead. I was gonna say I didn't miss a key feature that I wanted to to mention. Oh, definitely. Um, so we talked about some of the, the dynamic features, but um there is an entire new structure that we're adding into the API called uh webhooks or callbacks. And if you're not familiar with what a webhook is, it's basically like the reverse of our API. So it's more of a don't call us, we'll call you approach to programmability. And um, where this is super helpful is when, say, something changes in your network, like an AP goes offline, you're going to want to receive an alert for that. You're not going to want to wait so you call Meraki to say, oh, is there anything wrong? No, instead, you're just, you want to be notified. Um, same could be true about like the Meraki sensors. So was a door opened or was a temperature exceeded or was there moisture detected? in the server room, um, these things you need to know now, not later when you have a regular checkup. And so what you can do is with Meraki, you can send these alerts via email or text message, but we also offer an API for that, which is webhooks. And in this case, Meraki will make the API call to the third party service and say, hey, I have some data for you about an alert, okay? So that in itself is a webhook. Now, with OpenAPI version 3 specifically, they've defined this pattern. So we're not having to invent our own wheel. And now we can define what's called a callback, just like the don't call us, we'll, uh, don't call us, we'll call you. Uh, the callback says this API call might take a long time, right? And instead of you checking the status of it or holding up the line waiting for a response, we're going to just send you a webhook when it's completed. Yeah. And so a really clear example is maybe I want to ping a device to see if it's online or it see its quality. So if I have to make an API call, I have to ping that thing for say 10, 20 seconds, but I mm-hmm. can't keep that connection alive. So instead I send a request to say, ping this device for 20 seconds and send me a webhook or callback when it's complete with the details. And with that information, I can direct it to like a WebEx chat room or a Slack channel or Microsoft Teams room to then get those results as they happen. Um, and so it's it's really just unlocked a whole new capability where the the experience can be real time and it can be out of band 
um, again, giving you flexibility for, you know, better, um, you know, business flows that are required by your application. So it sounds like it really opens up a whole nother level of tools that a developer or a network admin can use to really improve their job and make their lives easier. Yeah, absolutely. And like this feature has been expanding. I mean, beyond uh, webhooks and callbacks, we've also added the ability of creating webhook templates, which effectively, like I said, this is a, an API call that goes to a third party service. Well, not all third party services have the same API, right? Uh, naturally. So in order for us to make a conversation with them, we used to have to work with um, either your own kind of software that you would write to then translate the data. Mm -hmm. You might use a third party service like Zapier or IFTTT, which would kind of like take that message and then do a thing. Um, but we thought we could make this simpler, right? Like Meraki uh, simplify everything. And so what we're going to, what we released actually is the ability of creating a template that shapes that outbound message. And that way it'll automatically plug into WebEx, Slack, Microsoft Teams, ServiceNow, or any other custom application you dream up. It's just a mix. Oh, that's of awesome. Big. It's point to point. So it really just kind of makes the whole experience easier for everybody. That definitely sounds like it's going to make it easier. That's it's awesome to see those integrations. And so, Corey, with um, I know that with a lot of developers, there is a good community around a lot of very specific things. And I know we have a Meraki community. Um, so how can developers go or access this community and share their open API creations and and stories with Meraki. Yeah, totally. Um, so Meraki IO uh, slash community um, is where we have basically an open space where anybody can, again, share their creations. They can ask developer questions about how to interact with the Meraki platform. Um, and it's a pretty active community uh, consisting of both um, active, you know, other community members, as well as Meraki staff, including myself. You know, so we'll read all these messages, and if we're seeing something's not getting answered, or if we're seeing, you know, some friction anywhere, uh, we're going to be really involved in that uh, before you have to kind of file a support case, right? We, we shouldn't have to get to that point. We just want to make sure that you can be able to get your job done. Uh, and the community, with our open source mentality, has really enabled everybody to kind of uh, enable one another and really kind of grow the overall ecosystem, which then enables people to become a certified marketplace partner where their widget or solution or service can now be sort of blessed by Meraki and will be hosted on the marketplace. And that way, our customers can really just kind of select, you know, Meraki plus XYZ to then be able to solve their unique business solution and not necessarily have to work with the API. They can just inherit the goodness of it and let our partners and our platform do the rest. Fantastic. And Corey, just for, for my understanding, the, the language of the API is not changing. It's the tools that are available with it that are changing, correct? That's right. Exactly. So our API is Again, it's it's consistent and it's backwards compatible, which means we're not breaking anything. Uh, but what we are able to do is expand on it. And with the open API uh, adoption, we've been able to define it in a standards way that makes it easy to interoperate with both internal developers as well as our third party and ecosystem partners. Fantastic.
Awesome. So, Corey, I think we're kind of getting close to the end here. So if you wanted to, like, summarize what you want people to take away from this episode today, what would you what would you like them to take away? What are some key points? Yeah, um, if you aren't aware of the Meraki API and what it offers, you should definitely check it out. It's basically becoming a cornerstone of the Meraki cloud platform where now uh, people have really the choice. Do you want a graphical interface or a programmatic interface? Um, and with that programmatic interface, our open API specification is our source of truth that you can feel confident building your business solutions or integrations upon. Um, and not only that, it's, it's, we so believe in this, that we strive to be API first again, meaning that we build our API first, and then we build our dashboard and our mobile interface and any other tooling up on top of that. So we're all working with the same set of information, again, keeping it, um, you know, easy to work with and really ideally setting the gold standard about how you should interoperate with a RESTful API. Fantastic. Awesome. So, Corey, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your time. Corey is clearly the expert. He knows everything. I think it is everything about API that exists. So, to all of our listeners that are listening right now, definitely check out Meraki API. Unlock your new Meraki superpowers. Go to meraki.io to learn more. And we're also, like I said earlier, we're going to post those links there that Corey mentioned so that everyone can check it out. So just a little call to action for you. Definitely check out the API. And if you're already using it, tell us what you've done with it so far. Leave a comment or post it in the community. And then also take a, take a moment to think about how you're going to use these new tools and these changes with OpenAPI and the introduction of that to the Meraki dashboard. So, also, like, subscribe, follow, you know, whichever platform that you're on. Shameless self-promotion. So, everyone, Corey, once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me. I am Tanner with the Meraki Unboxed podcast. And everyone, thank you for listening and have a good rest of your day. 